It's college, man. You're friends with people you, you don't realize that you're going to hate eventually. That's true. Maybe, maybe any, any one of my friends from college, if you listen to this podcast, I don't mean you. You know, <laughs> you know who I'm talking about. They don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> Hi, and welcome to the episode of Cine Nation. My name is Brandon Sparks. And I'm Thomas Horton. And here at Cine Nation, we discuss film genres and the tropes and stories within them. For October, we've been talking about some of our favorite horror comedies, like Brian De Palma's Family Paradise, How Sue, and Joe Dante's The Burbs. On this episode, we're talking about one of, probably one of my personal favorites of the genre, and that is Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. But before we dive into that, Thomas, can you give us a little recap on what we talked about regarding the horror comedy genre? Well, we talked a lot about self-references, how the, the horror genre as a whole, even outside of the comedy subgenre, is built upon self-references and always play, paying homage to the horror films and horror stories that came before it. So it's a genre where the audience is very open to in-jokes and to self-references, and probably more than any other genre, it has this audience that is very welcoming of kind of not not necessarily meta we're going to dive a little bit more into the meta uh next week but but i mean we, we definitely have some meta here this week but yeah, yeah. it's an audience that, that that knows the genre it knows the tropes and the audience is usually very happy to see those tropes played with yeah and another thing too is the uh the visual style of a horror comedy is usually exaggerated in some way either through uh not even the visual style just the overall style of the music the the cinematography with these kind of like over the top Dutch angles usually it's a very like riding the line of taking itself seriously and then knowing what what movie it is that's the big key mm-hmm. in a lot of these films is the idea of like knowing what movie they are making yeah and and when when you want to deliver laughs and when you want to try to actually deliver a scare yeah and like I said we we talked about this the past few weeks of just like how horror and comedy are so related in terms of a scare compared to a joke and how a scare has a uh, suspense and then release of the, of the suspense or anticipation with the actual scare. And with a joke, you have a punch, you have a setup into the punchline and how sometimes this happens in, the, in this movie today is that you'll have the suspense build up and then the scare is a punchline mm-hmm. in some way is, is a joke. But yeah, so we're talking about Tucker and Dale versus evil today. It was released in 2010 and if you haven't seen it, it's currently available on Canopy and Hoopla, which are both two free streaming services that comes to your public library. If your public library doesn't have it, I think you can ask them and see if they can sign the branch up. I'm not entirely sure how that goes, um, but it's a pretty it's a it's a great resource too for for films, not just of this nature, but others. Um, but if you don't ha- if you can't get that, you can also rent it on Amazon Amazon Prime or wherever you get your on-demand rentals. Um, so, Thomas, what is Tucker and Dale versus Evil about? Yeah, so Tucker and Dale versus Evil is is a play on horror tropes, like we were talking about. It's really the idea of, like, what if Texas Chainsaw Massacre, the, like, Leatherface's family, were actually pretty nice yeah. people, and it was all just a big misunderstanding. <laughs> or even, yeah. uh, you know, the hills have eyes. Like, these, yeah, yeah. these are... Um, you know, there's Wolf Creek, I think, in Australia, and, and yeah. was it Wrong Turn, I think, was a Wrong series. Wrong Turn is right? one, yeah. Yeah, yeah but there's a one. there's a long history of kind of the 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 scary hillbilly horror genre that that yeah. kills you know the campers. 
Yeah. And yeah, and Tucker and Dale is just the idea of like, hey, hillbillies are people too. Yeah. Um, <laughs> what if people just kind of unfairly judged these hillbillies and thought they were scary? Yeah. Uh, so yeah, so it follows these two redneck characters, Tucker and Dale, who are just have just bought a, a kind of scary looking cabin on a lake, and they're yeah. just there for a weekend vacation, and a bunch of teenagers are there camping, or yeah. college kid college kids, yeah. are there camping and you know unfortunate situations lead to the college kids thinking that the two rednecks are trying to murder them yeah wonderful film yeah i find very like i mean it's both it's it's it has horror moments and kind moments but like it's full of charm to me and has a Mm. lot of heart weirdly by the end of it um how how did you find out about this movie how did you come across tucker and dale versus evil you know it's wild that you just said it it was dropped in it came out in 2010 because I would have sworn it came out in 2012. And I, and the reason I, I realized that is because it was added to Netflix streaming in 2012 and, mm. and it blew up immediately in my friend group. Mm-hmm. Like everyone I knew was watching it, but I, I don't remember it coming out in theaters. I don't remember its initial release. Well, we'll get in that later, but it, it came out in late 2011 Okay, but that there's a we'll go into that later in the aftermath section where it premiered in early 2010 at Sundance, but then wasn't released for like over a year and a half. Oh, okay, but yeah, that that sounds about right. Yeah, but it was around the same time as Cabin in the Woods because I remember watching both of these around the same time and and really enjoying them both, and then being it, it being I remember noting how interesting it was to have like two fairly successful horror comedies at the same time but yeah. they, they were two horror comedies that approached the idea of horror comedy in completely different ways yeah um like you know and we've talked about this is that there you can make a horror comedy and try and kind of keep up the the, the pretense that like this is a horror movie but even though yeah, the yeah. comedy is woven into it which i feel like cabin in the woods kind of does yes and uh tucker and dale is kind of the opposite they're like this is a comedy yeah we might do some some horror type stuff in here but it's it's a comedy yeah it was on netflix streaming and i watched it you know it was one of those things where you know we'd be pre-gaming at somebody's apartment at, on a friday night and i'd be like let's put this movie on <laughs> before we go out and like we'd all sit and watch it I, I must have seen it four or five times when it initially came out yeah this was one weirdly uh i came about it through the video store that I I didn't work there at the time yet, but the, the video store in Alabama when I was in college, and the guy, the owner at the time, uh, was like, "Hey, check out this movie. It's gonna do what Shaun of the Dead did for uh, zombies for the hillbilly horror genre." That's <laughs> what he said. I'm just like, okay. Uh, and I watched it, and I was like, that was probably one of the better, like, probably one of the best recommends honestly i got he might hate to hear, hear that but like one of the better recommends it just kind of came out of nowhere like i never heard of like mm-hmm. other stuff he gave me i'd heard like certain movies that he loved that i'd heard of like tucker and dale was like i'd never heard of this film let me go check it out and then when i started working at cinephile video in la for a bit come october this was always like the movie on my shelf mm-hmm. this is always the movie i i, I and he wants i want something that's like that's a horror but has like comedy in it i'm like well go check out this movie is like always the one I sent and I never heard negative things come back to me about yeah. the movie. Yeah. Well, and this, you know, this also, it, in, in my experience, it, it speaks a lot to how different Netflix was eight years ago. 
yeah. was that like you know everyone i talked to right after it got added to had like seen it i was like you seen tucker and taylor like oh yeah i loved it and you know there wasn't that much to watch on on mm-hmm. netflix streaming in, in 2012 you know at this point netflix can drop a movie that's got, that you know got nominated for an oscar and someone doesn't even know it's on there mm-hmm. um but yeah this was back in the day where it was like oh this movie looks like a, like a real movie and it's yeah. on netflix so uh let's let's check it out yeah it's 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 interesting I mean, even even tucker and dale was on it's not on netflix right now which is a little shocking being as it's october but it was on netflix i know beginning of quarantine or beginning of the pandemic back in march it it was on netflix and then now just no longer there um yeah it's weird it's it's almost been seen when i look at letterbox numbers which is not the great it's not the great leveler of who's actually watched this but it's about a hundred thousand watches which is pretty high for a movie that had no really major release mm-hmm. when it came out and my next question i have is is this one of the more underrated comedies of the 2010s i think so i yeah. think like I said, it was one of those that like people I knew were watching it, but but it's still one that I regularly find myself referring to to people, and they have never heard of it. Period. Yeah, like yeah. It, it was one. It's. I mean, I don't know if it's a cult film. I wouldn't necessarily call it like a cult movie, but it's one of those things where you've either seen it or you've never heard of it. But there's nothing in between. I've never talked to anybody. Uh, yeah, like, that's oh, yeah, I've been meaning to check that out. Yeah, um, it's either something you wander upon that someone told you to watch, or you don't know anything about it. Mm-hmm. that's fair and i think too I, I honestly i think it's too just because of the cast in a way because i stars alan tudyk and tyler labine and katrina Bowden, and all three are people who are working but are not big stars if that makes sense mm-hmm. like i think i read somewhere it was just like they the the people who were when they're trying to get released they are wanting like bradley cooper and zach galifianakis type people in the lead roles like right before they break out like they wanted people who are like like this is the hangover for them if that makes sense where like mm-hmm. cooper and galifianakis weren't really big they were in movies and then hangover broke them out they were like wanting two actors like that they were gonna break out of the big scene right after this and that didn't really happen with with these guys like tyler Levine is still is working consistently and is doing good stuff so is alan tudyk and, and katria Bowden. but like alan they didn't, tudyk Alan Tudyk is well on his way, I think, of being our generation's best voice actor. Yeah, he, he kind of switched to that. Incredibly talented. Yeah. Well, he also has a sci-fi show, like premiering like this week. I keep getting ads for. Oh, does he really? That he's the lead in. Yeah. Oh, Resident Alien. Yeah, he's an alien. He's a doctor. He's a resident yeah. alien. Um, but yeah, I mean, he's he's kind of he's the Disney animations their version of john ratzenberger um mm-hmm. they, they just put him in every disney animated movie they give him a, a decent sized role or even if it's just the chicken in moana um yeah. and he also i cannot recommend the uh hbo max harley quinn series highly enough it is incredible coming from someone who's not a huge dc person it was fantastic and he plays like four different characters in yeah. that show and he's amazing he, he does the joker in it and he does the joker really well it's it's different from mark hamill it's like kind similar enough to mark hamill that you won't be like he ruined the joker but he puts his own spin on it um yeah insanely talented voice actor yeah and then like tyler bean has popped up and uh he's continued to do some horror uh, stuff yeah he has yeah he did the he did one with the same director eli craig little evil a few years ago but yeah he's a guy he's like he pops around and does 
some movies here and there. Uh, he well, was actually- Tyler. Tyler had Deadbeat, which was the first Hulu original series I remember. Yeah, being like, oh, Hulu's producing stuff now, and that that ran for like four or five seasons. It was three three seasons, is what it was. Three seasons, yeah. Which, in terms of of in terms of Hulu and probably streaming at that point, that was six years ago. Man, mm-hmm. that was I was still in college. Yeah, he's popped up in like Mad Love, like Reaper, like he's done a lot. Of... Reaper was where I f- was what I first saw him in. I used to watch Reaper. That was a fun yeah. show. And now he's on a uh, New Amsterdam right now, a medical show. But yeah, like I think I think the cast here is just really good, and we'll we'll dive into that later. But like I think great chemistry. I I love that it really the movie really plays with the cliches of not just like the the hillbilly horror genre or even just the hillbilly genre. I mean, I throw in deliverance when, in terms of like comparing this to other movies. And just, I love that these, these guys are just so like, so regular people, I guess it's, it's, that's the best way to put it. It's just like, but what seems funny is like when they, when they go to like, say the, their vacation home, they keep calling it. It's like, they're jealous. We got a vacation home. And when they <laughs> get there and it's just like dirty as hell, they're like, Oh my God, this is amazing. It's a mansion. Like just how like good hearted and how like it doesn't take much to please these guys mm-hmm. I, and they I handle it well. So yeah. Um, well, what were your thoughts and rewatching it this time? Yeah, this is one of those that I've seen enough times that a rewatch doesn't really, I mean, I, I enjoy it, but yeah, it's not, sometimes we come back and I rewatch a movie for this podcast and I'm like, wow, I rediscovered all yeah, this yeah, stuff, yeah. but, but uh, you know, this it, is kind of like, you know what it is, you know what you're getting into with this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. I, I know this one well enough, although it's been probably three years or so since I had, had come back to it. It's, it's just, it's so much fun. And it, it, the whole time I'm watching it, my, I'm like this, this shouldn't work. Yeah, exactly. Because it, it feels like it, you know, there's, there's the idea within writing or within developing a film, you've got high concept and low concept. Yeah. And the idea of high concept is you can sum this up in like one sentence or less. And it feels like somebody was watching any horror movie when and this always happens, and they reference this in Cabin in the Woods as well. And we talked about it with the Watermelon Man in, in Hausu. But the, there's always a scene when some scary guy shows up and is like, "You, you kids shouldn't go up into them woods." Yeah. And and that happens in this movie. That's kind of the the catalyst for everything that happens in this movie. Is that that um, Dale kind of botches? He's trying to hit on the the um, Katrina Bowden's character, and he botches it. And so they think he's terrifying. Yeah. Um, but it feels like somebody was just watching one of those movies and they like paused it and they said, right here, what if that guy was actually <laughs> nice? And that's that's it. That's what this movie is. And it, and it feels like it should be a five minute sketch. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But, but then it works. It does work. Yeah. But that that's something I, I, I kept thinking about, especially this time watching it. I was like, there's no reason that this joke should be able to run as long as it does. Yeah. And, and when reading some of the reviews, because, I mean, it was mostly positive. We'll talk about that later. But it was mostly positive. But there were some reviews who just, like, considered it very one note. And it doesn't, like, it wears its welcome out within, like, 20 minutes. And I, I disagree. Mm. Like, I think it does a great job. I, I think because the actors are so good mm. is why it really cares. I think if you put different people in this movie, it might not work as well. Yeah, and it's it's the one two punch. Well, I mean, it's all it's it, it's kind of threefold. Anytime the situation gets escalated, which which is yeah, spoilers. These these 
college kids keep accidentally dying in very gruesome ways. Yeah. And and every time it ex- escalates, there's always this like the the deaths are shot like it's actually a horror movie, which is a lot of fun. Like it's it's as gruesome as possible. Yeah. Which is surprising when you're watching this very broad comedy. Um, and then you've got Tyler, you got Dale just being constantly like a little bit behind. He's he's bless him, he's a little slow. And <laughs> and he he just being so confused by what's going on. And then you've got uh Tucker, Alan's character, just like pushed and pushed and pushed to his breaking point. Yeah. <laughs> and just watching him because he's the one who who is a little bit more he's got a little bit more sense and he he knows what's going on and just watching yeah, yeah. him get more and more and more flustered with everything that's going on around him it's hilarious and it and it works every single time yeah, he, yeah he's always the one like getting hurt and like getting stung by bees or whatever it is uh and he, he always feels like i didn't do anything to deserve this is like what it mm-hmm. feels like his character is always like that it's just like i mean that's the whole thing is he's telling uh dale it's like oh this wouldn't have happened if uh if you didn't go talk to that girl and he's like, this wouldn't have happened if you didn't want to go fishing. He's like, what? That's not, that's not, that's not choice. <laughs> You're something, Dale. I don't know. None of this would have happened if it wasn't for you. What? That's right. For being such a goddamn good Samaritan. Oh my God, she's drowning, Tucker. Oh, let's save her. Oh, let's save her. Well, Hell. at least she's still alive. Oh, holla fucking Louie. Don't you dare blame us on her. No this whole thing on her i'm blaming this whole thing on you well you know what tucker none of this would have happened if we hadn't have gone fishing <laughs> that isn't even an option i don't even like fishing you don't like what do you mean you don't like fishing i, I mean i like i like it okay you know I, i'm sorry i'm sorry tucker did i hurt your feelings i'm sorry yeah, you kind of did. Another question. We, t- we talked about how this kind of goes with the genre and Todd takes on the genre and flips it. How many uh, college camping trip horror movies did you see when, when you went to the South Carolina film festivals back in the day? Oh, that, that's all. That's everything. <laughs> it's, that is that is what you, when you want to make an indie horror movie, especially in the South, that's what you have access to, especially guerrilla style. If yeah. you're not getting any permits. You go find some woods that aren't claimed. And yeah, I saw one where it was um, a high school reunion, but they were having it in a cabin in the woods <laughs> and a former classmate came and killed everyone. I saw one uh, where it was a, um, there was like a, they thought the woods were haunted and they went out there and it was a homeless veteran with PTSD, which felt very not. Yeah. It, it felt very not great that he was, he was just like murdering all these people and then was just treated like a monster. I was not happy with that movie whatsoever, but yeah, I mean, that was uh, most of the features at, at an indie horror film festival are going to be let's yeah. go camping. Cause just because the woods are the, the easiest thing to access. Yeah. And especially when you're a, like, it's, if it's your first movie or you're younger and that's like a, Hey, let me get my friends together. We'll go shoot a movie in the, in the woods for like, a week or whatever because like i said it's no permits it's quick to do and so that's the thing too is like this movie like follows that idea of hey let's go like party for the weekend in the woods um and it and just flips on its head yeah yeah because it also gets into it's it's kind of subtle you wouldn't super notice it but it even kind of flips that idea of like what are we doing here why did we just come out to drink in the woods and it's yeah it's, it's, it's a little bit more sinister that they were like brought there for nefarious purposes 
yeah. by Chad, the the ultimate villain of the film. But yeah, even even that is kind of like, why would these kids just come out here to drink in the middle of nowhere? And they're like, well, they were they were brought here for for another reason. Yeah. So brief history of how this film got made. There's not much to it. Um, co-written by Eli Craig and Morgan Jurgensen, who met while attending film school at the University of Southern California School of hey. Cinematic Arts. Uh, Eli Craig directed the movie, and Morgan Jurgensen, I think, was a co-producer on the film. Uh, again, that's all I have on history of how it got made. It was, <laughs> it was shot in Al- in Calgary, Alberta, Canada, which I'll say a little bit about later, but not much. Uh, yeah, I guess I guess our main job one day, Thomas, is to do the oral history of Tucker and Dale versus Evil. You know, we've got some connects. We've got some <laughs> connects. We'll make it. And happen. now that I know those guys are, are USC alums, I've, we've got even more connects. I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll call them all in. We'll we'll make the because it's like there's nothing I can find online about like how this got made. Um, I think there's some stuff in the behind the DVDs behind the scenes stuff. Um, actually, come to think of it, I've got even more connections than I thought I did because I worked with one of one of the college kid actors on a on a series at CBS as well. All right, guys, we're gonna make it happen. Tucker and Dale Seville oral history coming soon. On, got on, a, I've got at least on, three cast on, members on, on Cinenation's Medium. It's coming, coming yep. gonna happen. <laughs> All right, uh, so let's dive into favorite scenes. What, what's your what's your first one? Uh, I mean, I love the I love the first scene. I think it's great in the way that it it switches POV really well. I think the the movie in itself is really good at handling the points of view and that mm-hmm. we we can continue to even after kind of the joke is up because the 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 opening of the film you're you're from the college students point of view yeah and there's that first like two to three minutes where you're like okay this is a horror movie and they go into the gas station and the creepy music's playing and the scary all the scary rednecks are in there and there's kind of a yeah. jump scare where tyler labine is peeking around a corner and then right after that jump scare we cut to tucker and dale's point of view tucker's you know building dale up to go talk to him and he does and then but then we cut back to their point of view to see how him nervous can actually come (laughs) off as as really scary and they continue to do that throughout the movie but it's set up really well yeah in that first scene in that we get we get what the joke is you know we know these are nice guys but what they they can seem scary but but the movie's great at knowing when to just like jump to the yeah. college point college kid point of view for to really like nail the punchline home like i one of my one of my other favorites is um when they rescue Allie from drowning and and you, you know you're just you're there with them they've rescued her they're like oh we got it she's unconscious we got to help her and then they just cut to the college kids <laughs> Tears like we got your friend. <laughs> like oh my god, they got her. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really the whole movie is really good at doing that back and forth. But I love that initial uh, when they you know you get the whole thing where Tucker's building Dale up and he's like he just yeah. got to smile and laugh, smile and laugh, ask him questions and smile and laugh. And so then he's like going camping and then just does this like creepy. <laughs> Yeah, but that, that's that's the I think the real strength of the humor in this movie is is knowing when to, to cut back and forth between yeah. who's who's perceiving what is happening in the scene and uh, and it's really laid out well in that first scene. Yeah, the first time you see them, Tucker and Dale, it's it's from the college kids' point of view when they're driving, and it's the slow mo shot of them driving by and mm-hmm. them just like 
like kind of slack face yeah like, just like looking like mm-hmm. oh we got some kids coming to town like mm-hmm. it's very just like these guys are gonna kill him and then it just like it just turns into like i mean it turns into a buddy movie when it switches to them like outside in the truck which is like go over and talk to her man like mm-hmm. just be confident like Tell, tell her you got a vacation house and he's just like the, those those girls probably like grew up with vacation homes or whatever it's just like it's funny it's so great she's just human why don't you go over there and talk to her talk to her what what in the world would i say i don't know tell her that you got a vacation home that'll probably impress her are you out of your mind tucker these are college girls okay they grew up with vacation homes and guys like me fixing their toilets you gotta have some faith in yourself man girls can smell fear now come on you are a good looking man more or less you got a damn good heart yep. i mean that's two things right there now go on get over there what, what's the worst that can happen you know something you're right tuck I'm gonna do it. All right. I'm gonna do it right now. All right, hold up, hold up, hold up. All right, no. Whatever you say, just smile and laugh. That shows confidence. Smile and laugh. Okay. Do it. All right. You guys, uh, going camping? <laughs> again, I said earlier, I love when they arrive to the house because, again, they have the opposite reaction of how the college kids or anyone would have in the situation of like, oh my God, it's a mansion. Or like, mm. oh, oh, this is a great deal. Oh, is that our abandoned truck right there? That we're like, they're driving by like, like just like beat up trucks. They're just are in the middle of the woods and they're just so mm-hmm. excited by the the new land they just bought yeah and, and that's another one where they the camera does a really good job of being of being like this should be scary like they, yeah, they yeah. do all these shots and the, the music's playing a little bit and you go inside the house and you, there's bones hanging and all these these uh you know they do that great moment where the, all the clippings of a serial killer are up on the wall and they they just hone in on the chili dog coupon that's up there no like, expiration dates <laughs> They're just like, oh, this mu- this guy must have been a been a, a newspaper reader. It's always like what they're thinking because <laughs> he has all these clippings of all these murders, and then it's just like, yeah, that that scene that scene is especially good for laying the groundwork for us, you know, as as the audience at that point, we're like, okay, these guys don't have a nefarious bone in their body to the yeah. point where they aren't even going to be able to understand that they come off as threatening at all. Exactly, to these yeah, yeah, kids. Well, it's just a little dusty is all. It's a mansion. <laughs> well, whoever used to live here must have been a, an archaeologist or something. Yeah, my arch- yeah. Look at this. Must have been a real news junkie too. Chubby's Chili Dog Depot. Buy three, get two free, no expiration date. All right. <laughs> Score. Tucker, look. They got my favorite board game here, too. <laughs> you know what? i tell you something, Dale. I cannot believe that I am standing in my own vacation home right now. You know something? Dreams really do come true. 
to me, it doesn't feel old when they do it. It like every time they bring it up, I think it feels like it's it's almost like wow, these two people just cannot communicate. And my two people, I mean, like two groups cannot communicate what is happening in this movie. Mm-hmm. Like, no one can stop and go, hey. And even when like they do, that's another favorite thing I have is when Allie, Katrina Bowden's character, like sits them all down. The college kids think she's now been like hypnotized and like she has Stockholm syndrome. Like, oh, no, 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 no. These guys can't be good. Like, you can't be like befriending them. And they always think like, oh, she's digging her own grave is what it is. There's that one scene mm-hmm. when uh she's helping him dig out a uh, uh, outhouse hole or whatever. No, another favorite scene is when she when she sits Chad down and and uh and Dale because she's a a psychology major and she's trying to like uh, diffuse the situation and Chad's just an insane son of a bitch basically. <laughs> He's a Chad. And this is going to be a story question, but like, I'm just like, how did he become friends with these people? Because like, he's insane. It's college, man. You're friends with people you you don't realize that you're going to hate eventually. That's true. Maybe, maybe any, one, any one of my friends from college, if you listen to this podcast, I don't mean you. You know, you know who I'm talking about. <laughs> they don't listen to this podcast. <laughs> you know why? Because I don't care about them, and they don't yeah, care exactly. about me. <laughs> no, but yeah, I love that scene where she tries to defuse it because I think it's funny, and she's trying to talk them through everything. Here's what we're gonna do. I want you each to tell your side of the story. And as you're listening to the other person, I want you to see yourself in their shoes. Okay? Okay. Now it's important that we communicate our feelings and and understand each other's perspective before any progress can be made. Okay. Chad, why don't you start? Well, where should I fucking begin? Wherever you'd like. A long time ago. Before I was born. Okay, maybe not that far. This is important. Ultimately, I think my my favorite scene, the one that, you know, I I don't, I've never seen this movie on TV, but if I were the kind of thing where if I was flipping through the channels and I was like, oh, I have to watch until this scene, Mm -hmm. it would be, you know, when, when everything really goes wrong, I, I guess it's kind of the midpoint, but, but when they decide when the college kids have decided these guys are out to kill us we have to kill them first yeah and it just goes <laughs> multiple deaths the guy jumps into the the wood chipper and yeah. it goes nuts and then the cop shows up right after that yeah and you've got that alan tudyk is just incredible in that whole thing and when, he, when he's trying to explain there's i love the two of them together when Alec Tudyk keeps Alan Tudyk keeps explaining to the cop what's going on, and and Tyler's just like repeating the last word of every sentence that <laughs> Alan Tudyk says. It's like, officer, you would not believe the doozy of a day I've been having. We have had a doozy of a day, a real doozy. Uh, there we were. Yep. Uh, minding our own business. Yep. Making some improvements to my new house. The new house. When all of a sudden, out of nowhere. These kids started killing themselves all over my property. Yeah, this one right here, he dove head first right into the wood chipper, into Woody right back there. There's another one up over there who who shoved a spear through his gullet. Straight through. Now, I don't know how much experience you've had with this, but we were scared shitless. Scared shitless. I... You must think that I'm some kind of moron to believe a story like that. No. Oh, no. No, sir. Not a moron. Just open-minded. Let me get this straight, because I'm 
having trouble understanding something. You say you were just working when this kid ran up and stuffed his head into that wood chipper? That's a fact. That is a fact. And, and I think maybe they might be trying to kill the girl that we have inside. What girl? You know what? She can maybe explain the whole thing. If, 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 uh, if I hadn't knocked her unconscious with a shovel <laughs> on accident. On accident. You've got another one inside and, and you say she's unconscious? Yeah, she's in my bedroom. Well, you better show me what you've done with her. Yeah, right this way. Let's show them. Okay, Come on, let's show them. Because that's when they're carrying the dude's like half body yeah. that's been cut in the wood chipper, which is probably my favorite part too, just because it's so shocking when it happens. Mm -hmm. And like Tudyk's just like, and again, cutting back to the point of view, like he's like trying to pull him out from his legs, and from the college POV, it's like, oh my god, he's shoving him into the wood chipper. Yeah. And then when, it, when the chipper, when the wood chipper just like shuts down, he's like, "Oh, you okay?" Like, and half his body's gone. Officer, I was here. We were here working on our vacation home, and these the, college kids just started killing themselves all over my property. It's the darndest thing. And I think they're trying to kill the girl we got inside yeah. our cabin too. She's unconscious yeah. right now, though. <laughs> Yeah, it's that scene. That sequence is probably the best. I do also really like another scene I really enjoy is is when Allie first wakes up at the house. Yeah, it's, it's again, it's playing with that point of view, and she's she's got the the scary looking dog, and then and then Dale comes in and she starts screaming, and then he's got that the, the moment where it cuts to his point of view, and he's just like, oh oh, you hate pancakes? Okay, I'll I'll go make you something else. <laughs> Please don't tell me that you hate eggs and bacon. What am I doing here? Oh, oh, you don't, you don't remember? Okay, uh, well, uh, me and Tucker, I mean, uh, uh, I and Tuck, well, Tucker and I brung you here last night. Why? But because you were about to go swimming with your friends and then you climbed up onto a bunch of rocks and you slipped and fell and banged your head and then you fell into the water and then I dove in and rescued you. Wait, you, you were spying on us? No, no, what, no, 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 they weren't spying, no, I swear to God, no, no, we were out there fishing, okay? It's, I, I didn't, we didn't see, I didn't, I didn't see, maybe Tucker might have seen a little. Where are my friends? They ran off into the woods. They, they, they just left me? Yeah, but don't, don't be mad at them. Some people just aren't any good in a crisis, and that's why Tucker and I brung you here, hoping that they would come and get you in the morning. Oh, I have a, a Tucker speech to Dale after the car wreck. Oh yeah, I guess it's, yeah, it's, it's yeah, it's when like he's talking about like oh like when we were younger, I used to like I I used to like not fish as hard or whatever to make you feel better. No, you were just better than me, Dale. Like you're good. Like I think that's 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 at the heart of the movie. This is like a it's a buddy movie at the end of the day, mm. and it is like it, you you have the relationship with Allie and Dale, but it's really about the the relationship of Tucker and Dale and how they learn, I guess, I don't know, learn, learn to be better friends at the end of the day. And they, and they reveal it. Like, I mean, Dale, like Tucker finding out that Dale doesn't like fishing and that just like breaks his heart. Um, but yeah, I like that scene and leads into, I think, I mean, I think a solid conclusion with the bowling alley scene. Remember how we used to compete to see who could catch more. 
Yeah, but I don't think now is the time to talk about it, Tucker. I used to tell you that I let you catch more than me because I felt sorry for you. I remember you used to let me lick them all, too. That always made me feel kind of funny. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I didn't let you catch more. You caught them on your own. You was quicker than I was. Come on, Tucker. It's true. What I'm trying to tell you is that you're better than you think you are. Listen to me. That girl sees it. I've seen the way that the two of you look at each other. I think that she really sees you for who you are. Who knows, maybe after this is all done, you two can uh, date. <laughs> so, I doubt it. Damn it. That's what I'm talking about. I don't want any more negativity. Okay. Stop it. Okay. You are a good man. You're smart. And you're strong. And you're not as ugly as you think you are. Onset life. Again. Don't have much. Filmed in Calgary, Alberta, Canada in June of 20, uh, 2009. Post-production post occurred. Possibly ended in October 2009. Awards and Aftermath. Um, the film premiered at Sundance Film Festival of January 20, 2010, and then also played at South by Southwest in March 2010. Yeah, I'm surprised they didn't just... It's, it feels like more of a South by movie. I'm surprised yeah. they didn't go stri straight to South by. I mean, yeah. it, if you get accepted into Sundance, you don't turn it down, turn it down but yeah. it, it does feel like its audience is more yeah. at South it, by Southwest, for sure. It won the Audience Award for Best Midnight Movie at South by Southwest. Um, but it was not released, like I said, until September 2011. Um, I said the film was did receive good reviews from critics. People like Roger Ebert praised it. But it seems like the biggest advocate was famed critic and our former professor, Leonard Malton. Hey! Good old, good old as, I, as we called him, Lenny Maltz. No, uh... <laughs> Uh, good old Lenny Maltz. No, because, uh, because Craig was a USC alum, they showed the film at Maltin's class, which we took. Um, and in his review, Malton kind of talks, this is kind of the, the, the most history I found about this movie. Malton talked about how Craig told him how incredibly hard it was to get a distributor for this film. And Craig had said that a big time distributing company or distributor wanted to release the film, but they would only do it if they tested the film and it made 20% above average of like the scores that they usually do. For those who don't know wow. you, what they what they do for movies before they come out is they're testing the media to find out what audiences think. Can you market this film? How can you market this film? But also how to change these up to make it better. Um, the film overperformed and did a 90% positive rating, which is really great. Uh, mm -hmm. It's apparently a very diverse crowd. Malton's, I think Malton said talked about how like there was a 60 like five-year-old woman who was like, oh, I just love this movie. They did it again thinking it was a fluke and it tested the same exact way. Then they asked Craig to cut together a trailer of the film to see if that would test well because they also test trailers and that tested well with audiences. And then the distributor said, okay, we'll only do it if we can get one of the largest theater chains in the country to agree to book the, book the movie. And so they played it for the one guy, the one buyer, and he watched it and goes, oh, that's really cheesy. I'm not going to book that. So, and what Malton kind of says is that, like, if you would have, like, he needed to see it, like, with an audience to mm. see how people reacted. Because when you watch it, which is by yourself, it might not have that same effect. Um, and so 
the distributor backed out and ended up being distributed by Magnet Releasing, which was which is kind of a a banner that's under Magnolia Pictures that they released basically kind of the genre pictures of Magnolia and like foreign pictures, kind of lesser, less like smaller films. And then it was given a limited release and shown on VOD and it's box office gross was like 5.7 million on a $5 million budget. So like, yeah, that's still not bad. It did fine. Uh, especially being as it probably wasn't released in a lot of different yeah, I did areas. not hear about this in theaters whatsoever. No, yeah, I, I thought it was just direct to video essentially. That's why I was so confused when that when my video store guy like gave it to me because that point I'm a young, uh, cocky college kid who thinks, oh, I've heard of every movie that's coming out. I don't know what this movie is. Um, it must be bad. Um, <laughs> that's the, I think like, when you hear the name, when you hear the name Tucker and Dale versus Evil, you don't think masterpiece i'm just gonna be honest <laughs> like and i'm not saying it's a bad title it's a good title it's just like when you when someone says hey you need to watch tucker and dale versus evil i go okay sure i do for someone i guess that's the big thing is that like for someone that's not expecting a horror comedy they might not know what they're walking into with that time i don't know yeah i um but you know it's interesting that you bring up that it tested so well because i do think it's not quite you know especially of of the the horror comedies we've watched and you know something like phantom of the paradise that's so cult it's not quite as culty it's a little bit more broad and appealing I it think. is it is yeah it's it's it, yeah there's some gore in it but uh you know it's it's played for laughs and you know when i've found in my experience that people i know who hate movie gore if it's played for laughs can stand it you know I, yeah there are a lot of people that i recommended once upon a time in hollywood too that i was like they are gonna hate the last five minutes yeah and that have really enjoyed it um yeah. that have laughed their asses off during the the manson murder scenes uh, that that feels if you haven't seen well just you know if you haven't seen once upon a time in hollywood and i tell you that someone i know laughed their asses off during the manson murder scene I think that's going to that. be questionable anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think, you know, that that's all played for, for laughs, but it's, you know, it's a lot more straightforward than a lot of the horror comedies we were, we've been watching. And it's, yeah. it's not as culty and in, in, in not, not in like a culty, <laughs> you know, religious cult sort of way, but you know, it, it's, yeah. it, it's, it's got something for everyone and the, the humor is approachable and yeah i think it plays really well for a lot of people and it's one of those that you don't have to be a diehard horror fan to get what the joke is here yeah. you know everybody's seen even like you said even if somebody's just seen deliverance like you get you get yeah. the joke here and you talked about the gore aspect of it and that's kind of a big key and and maybe in the horror comedy genre but specifically in this film is that if it's over the top enough it loses its um uh brutality if that makes sense mm -hmm. and i think this does where it's like you're you're aware this is it's oh it's over the top on purpose like it's not and i think it's it's all about it's you know it's kind of like the coolest shop effect if you cut immediately to something yeah. funny even if you don't like gore and you don't think that gore is funny yeah if you immediately cut to alan tudyk being hilarious and reacting to the gore you're good if you cut yeah. to brad pitt being hilarious reacting to the gore you're gonna win over the people who don't even like the gore i yeah. i think I, i'm not gonna say i think gore is funny but i i do appreciate in horror movies 
creative, you know, creative deaths, creative murders. And yeah. so I think, you know, that guy falling on the on his stick yeah. right over um right over Dale is is funny. I think, you know, that the the one girl getting blood strewn all over her from the wood chipper, I think that's funny. Yeah. So, you know, I appreciate the whole scene, but yeah, I think someone who wouldn't who doesn't like seeing blood spattered is still going to get a kick out of Alan Tudyk asking that guy if he's okay after half his body was was chopped up so yeah i I do think this has more mainstream appeal than probably the distributors were giving it at the time because when you say horror comedy like we've seen you you can either you know you're you're a lot of people automatically think you're somewhere in between hocus pocus and phantom of the paradise but probably more towards the phantom of the paradise yeah uh, here, here's my question. So, if Brad Pitt and DiCaprio were in this movie, who do they play? <laughs> uh, I think you got to have Pitt as um, Alan Tudyk's character because yeah, that's think, that's Pitt's, the more Pitt's Tucker. That's yeah, the yeah. more mugging. You like his reactions are a lot more important. Dale Dale's got to carry the heart, and 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 Tucker's got to carry the the weird facial fe- reactions, yeah. and that's get, that's Brad Pitt and, and Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio. Being it, Margot Robbie playing Allie as yeah, there we go. Bam. Tar- Tarantino directing. <laughs> Tarantino Tucker Dale receival. The main, the the ho- the big Hollywood hundred million dollar version of this movie is, <laughs> is that. But like again, we it's, we say once upon a time in Hollywood. I mean, we said it before like that's also like this buddy movie and why it, there's similarities in, the, in a weird way. Just besides that, because you have Tucker and Dale as this buddy movie where. One is propping up the other. It's official, old buddy. I'm a hasby. Yeah, like that's that's what is it? Pitt and Once Upon a Time in Hollywood is is pumping up pumping up Rick. So yeah, it's like it's the same thing. So I didn't know we we're gonna make the comparison to Once Upon a Time in Hollywood today. There are there are less feet in, in this movie. There are, um, but yeah, it's but it, it is that buddy movie, and it's turned into it's a I mean it's a we'll talk about this what other genres it fits into, but it's a it's a buddy horror comedy. But but like you know like we were saying, there's there's two aspects to cult hits. There's the way in which it finds success, but also the, the content or the, you know, yeah. And, and I, this is, I think this is one of the most accessible cult hits I know of in that it's, yeah, it's, it's meant for general. It is, it's a broad comedy meant for general audiences, but it was treated, I think by the distributor as a cult comedy. And because of that, it became a cult comedy. Yeah. The quite here's here's the thing is that can you go from being a cult film to a not a cult film? Yeah, I think like Princess Bride, you know, that was a movie that did not do well. Yeah, completely built itself up on VHS release, but at this point, you know, the, uh, you know, you, you can they they did that whole you know Jason Reitman yeah quibby uh, thing celebrity yeah, yeah. thing yeah, you yeah. know that it's obviously as mainstream as possible at this point. Yeah. Like that's the thing is is there and and what Tucker and Dale you could argue when it came out it was a cult hit where it was like oh you gotta watch this movie and and I would I would still I wouldn't say there's a huge cult following around it but I think there is it was a cult hit to an extent where like like you're not ha- to my knowledge you're not having fan of the paradise or Rocky Horror type screenings but I, I would i would go you know if movie theaters were a thing I, I this is one i would love to see with a group of people same yeah, yeah who love it i think it would be a good time and it would be a new experience that i've never had with this movie and I, yeah i think too and i don't say this in a negative way about cult movies but like 
not all cult movies have this type of heart to it if that makes that's what in terms of the broadness is that that it does have this heart that it and like kind of main like it's the way like the whole relationship of 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 dale and Allie is this kind of like romance in some way that i don't know is always present in like quote-unquote cult movies if that makes mm-hmm. sense like it, it has this i mean i don't say hollywood love story but it has this kind of and it has a happy ending so moving on what worked about this movie cast 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 yeah. and chemistry 100 um yeah. this movie lives or dies on tucker and dale and yeah. Allie, um because it's a very sincere movie yeah they're all very sincere characters and the three of them are all perfect in these roles um yeah. And yeah, I think that is ultimately what it did right. Like I said, the the POV and the way that that the director controls what yeah. how we're seeing each scene is done excellently. Um, yeah, but the, those those two things, and and then the special effects. I think you know whoever yeah. whoever was was their special effects department really handled it well, especially for a you know five million dollar shoot. Um, the 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 deaths and the gore and all that was was handled really well this is another thing too good thing you brought the deaths because i i I forgot to mention this is that with these type horror films and you might attest this with the with the ones we talked about of you seeing of all the various college horror movies is sometimes horror movies especially on the lower budget scale you can tell they were just created to show cool kills if that makes oh yeah, sense. I mean that's that's what Final Destination is. Yeah, even Saw. You know, there's there's plenty of of giant franchises that have been built off of that. Where you're like, you just had some cool ideas of how to kill people. Yeah. Maybe you shouldn't have a successful film franchise, and you should have a therapist, <laughs> Eli Roth. Oh wow, come on the come on the podcast and challenge me. <laughs> Two weeks later, uh, yeah, it, it's well, this it has those like. I don't. I mean, I, I think they do have some like fun kills. I don't know if to describe it that way, but like there are some like memorable kills. This is the wood chipper scene, the gun going off, uh, the girl lighting a cigarette because she can't quit smoking in the middle of the. Of, the of, honestly, one of my favorites is the weed eater. Uh, when the guy like bursts in with the weed eater and 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 oh yeah, uh, Tucker ducks out of the way and it hits the one girl uh, uh, in the face. Why didn't you duck? Is what he says after he. <laughs> he does it uh did anything not work i i don't love the last 10 minutes or 15 minutes oh, okay um i'm i i don't know it, it tries to i i feel like there could have been a more fun way especially with as creative as the film is with its like gore and everything the the stuff in oh, the, the lumber the saw, yard the sawmill okay yes just yeah, feels yeah, a little yeah. too straightforward um that's fair it, I I think I think the movie loses a lot of momentum after the like you said the speech at the truck. Yeah. Um, it 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 tries to kind of handle everything a little too seriously. There's this chainsaw axe battle and and yeah yeah I, I I'm it's it's one of those things I've seen it enough now. It's it's not it doesn't ruin the movie for me at all. But I've seen the movie enough now where like I said if I were watching it on cable. Yeah. I would probably change the channel after the the that huge scene where the the uh, mediation breaks down. Yeah, I, I'd probably watch until then and, and yeah. change it. Yeah. Um, 
is does the sawmill scene take place at night or day? It is it is morning. He okay. Yeah, he he heads out towards the sawmill at night, and it's like supposed to be, I think, sunrise by the time okay. he gets there. Yeah, maybe it was a bit better if it was at night. I don't know. Uh, but then that, that's also like because I think Ebert talked about in his review of like that's also a cliche of the genre is like ending it like a a sawmill type like lumber mm-hmm. that's a very like cliche spot in these type yeah, of movies yeah and, and maybe that's it is it doesn't feel like that scene flips any of the cliches that's that fair. it's giving me it's that maybe yeah. that he that he kills the guy with a tea bag um yeah but yeah other other than that it, that's where it feels like they're like all right now we have to give like a real actual climax and i would the way that the film has gone so far i prefer for it to continue to be a joke um and, and, and then here's another thing I, I don't I don't really like I get why it happened I get why it was done I don't like you said the 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 cold open of the movie yeah I I'm not a huge fan of that because the cold open of the movie just so you guys know it's it's a news reporter that you see at the very end of the movie where she's covering the the whole sawmill like disaster or whatever um and it's like her breaking in the sawmill and then chad i think kills both of them and mm-hmm. showing chad is what he's going to be at the end of the movie but then the movie kind of like does he get away at the end Do they say he got away at the end i can't remember but he he, yeah, fall, yeah, he, were, he, he falls they out of able the, to find his body okay yeah because yeah, he falls out of the farm i guess it's like if we do a sequel that's that's we gotta bring chad back as the half hillbilly <laughs> half human yeah i'm just something about that i just don't I get why it's there because it's like it's showing itself as a horror movie, so you have you have to have like that initial scare to get you into the movie. It's just a, that's a very formulaic thing. But this one feels like because it's such a jumping to basically the end of the movie, which is something we never we, we never see this scene again. Maybe mm. if that's if we saw the scene again, it would be different. But we never see it again, so like you kind of forget it. I mean, you might forget about it by the end of the movie because it's such a quick scene. Mm. I just I I'm I, I don't know how you start it, but I don't. That's just something that bumps me each time. Yeah, that that just that feels like an editing choice that was like, oh hey, they might have even just shot that as like a like a post credits kind of scene. It could have been, yeah, yeah, and yeah. And it felt like somebody said, oh, we need a jump scare in the first two minutes. Yeah, because then it's like it does that, and then it's Tucker and Dale versus Evil and like blood riding or whatever. Uh, anything else? No, I mean that's it. That's it for me. It's it's like okay. I said. It's not a movie breaker whatsoever. But yeah, you know, sometimes with with a movie that's a comedy, and there, there's plenty of comedies that I love that have those like, all right, we're gonna get serious for for a couple minutes. Like yeah, we yeah, have yeah. to actually resolve this story. And at a certain point, when you are rewatching a comedy that you love, you you get to those points where you're like, okay, I, you know, I don't really need this scene like i love it i'm glad they they from a story standpoint i'm glad they did that but like i'm here for the jokes i'm here for to rewatch the parts that make me laugh and yeah i I think that that scene could have been jokes that it it could have been it could have fit in a little bit better with the rest of the movie yeah i agree that's probably the weaker scene in terms of the movie because that's again that's the one that's least memorable to me the stuff at the cabin is the is the the best stuff in the movie, which is a big chunk mm-hmm. of the film. Um, I have no alternate universe cast. <laughs> Can't find anything. Well, coming soon, the oral history of of, of Tucker and Dale vs. Evil. Tucker and Dale vs. Uh, Evil. 
I have no film facts really either. Um, just because IMDb, IMDb trivia, very, not a lot on there. Very surprised. Uh, story questions. Uh, do you have one? Oh, do I have? I thought I thought you were gonna have some for me. Uh, oh well, I'll, I'll, I mean, I I said I said one before. It was like, would you trust your crazed axe throwing friend? Because like throughout they trust, I think they trust him a little too much. Like, and maybe it's just it's it's because I, I don't know. I I like that they pretty early on have got all of them being like they're yeah, like yeah. you're a dick, Chad, and he's like <laughs> you know he breaks their phones like yeah. It, I think it becomes obvious pretty quickly that he's trying to take control and manipulate everybody um yeah 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 i i think they, they do that pretty well and they, i love that the when he like throws the the hatchet like path or like right at the guy he's like dude that's that's my face um another question i had uh because there was supposed to be a sequel to this movie it's been talked about for a while but it's never happened i think last i heard that the script wasn't good is what tudic said in the interview what would you do in a tucker and dale sequel Huh. Um, that's interesting. I think you would need to flip it. I don't know. I, I I would. My approach to it would be putting Tucker and Dale in a horror situation and then revealing that to be maybe a misunderstanding. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe like a haunted house a movie kind of thing. I don't know. Do you bring Chad back? Is the question. I don't I don't need to have Chad back. <laughs> I think I think you need to focus on a different horror subgenre and and flip that. I don't think, you know, being back on the cabin and and having hillbillies, I I don't think that's the way to go. I think you need to do like a haunted house movie, something with like ghosts or zombies, maybe where Tucker and Dale think a zombie apocalypse is broken out, but it's not yeah. actually zombies. Um, or yeah, or they're at a house and people think that they're ghosts because it's like at, they're at a haunted house they're living in or something. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. I think I think you would need to find another genre and and mess with that. And then my next question, kind of going into that a little bit. So, are Allie and do you think Allie and Dale stick together for a while? What what's the what's the what's the end, ending with that relationship? Uh, I don't know. I think it would be more interesting to like bring them back together. Uh-huh. She went back to college. I mean, she's got to go back to college. Like, yeah, 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 she's got to yeah. finish college she's not gonna go live in the middle of nowhere with with dale but yeah. um yeah i don't know maybe maybe bringing them back together after she kind of went off to college and they fell out of touch or something it'd be fun I'm, well i mean you can't i mean you don't want it to be like a uh jewel denial you know where they're like oh no. they're, <laughs> they're not together anymore we gotta bring them back together for the whole plot of tucker and dale versus evil 2 awards the beatrice Strait award for actor actress limited scenes that kills it Oh, that that's an interesting one. I don't think. Let's see. I don't think. I definitely don't think Katrina Bowden is has enough. Is limited. No, she. I I I'd put her in the supporting role. Yeah. yeah. I don't, I'm not giving it to Chad. Dude could. Dude could use a little work. Um, you know the guy. You know the person I thought of in the movie. Who? Uh, the random redneck at the end of the bowling alley. <laughs> Where. <laughs> I'd go. I'd go with the cop. I'd go with the sheriff. The cops. I, I love too. his little like. There's only death and evil there, waiting only, for there's you. There's only there. pain. There's only pain there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and he, he, he's, yeah, he's, he's great. I like him where he's kind of can obviously see through everything that's going on. He's the only rational person. Yeah. And then he handles that like stumbling scene so well, where he's just like trying to get back to his car. Well, no, he, he talks about how like 
in in horror films like dale is kind of playing the uh the he's he warns him of he's not the war, I mean, doesn't warn them but like he is the like crazy person you see at the beginning of the movie who's like don't go there or whatever yeah it's always it's there's always one person that when you stop to get gas who's like oh this well i mean even even texas chainsaw massacre the guy they the hitchhiker they pick up there's all there's always one person that like starts it out being like oh this is a bad idea yeah but then um, yeah. it's it's slipped a little bit because it's the cop that tells the the people that you're usually the one scaring someone. Mm-hmm. It's the cop who's usually the reassurer in these horror movies is the one telling the uh, the hillbillies, "Hey, don't go. There's only pain. There's only pain and death there." Where are you two headed? We are headed to our vacation home up by Morris Lake. I sank every penny I had into it. Me and Dale here, we're gonna go fix her up. Maybe do a little fishing. Do a little fishing. He's been striking out the ladies. I figure a little man time might do him some good. There ain't nothing up there but pain and suffering on a scale you can't even imagine. I pulled you over because you got a broken turn signal. Oh, yes, sir. See that you uh, get that fixed. That was very helpful. Annie Potts X Factor Award supporting actor actresses that's most memorable. What are what are we counting as supporting? Are you trying to decide between Alan Tudyk and Katrina Bowden? Yeah, yeah, that's mm-hmm. exactly what I'm trying to decide between. Well, I feel like if your name's in the title, you can't be considered supporting. Okay, yeah, okay, all right, yeah. Well, I'll give I'll give it to Katrina Bowden then. Why Katrina Bowden? I think she really know like a like I've been talking about um the the ability to switch between POVs is. Yeah is a really is is one of the, the great strengths of this movie and she's she the can a lot of it is being done for us by the director by the camera mm-hmm. placement but she's the she's the she's the embodiment of it and, yeah, yeah. and she's great in that that like i said that scene where she where she's initially terrified of them and then you the way that she comes to recognize that they aren't a threat feels very organic yeah and yeah, and, and she's constantly like, I mean, she her she her character's kind of a little overpowered, which is why she gets knocked out. In that she she's the only person who really has the ability to make this stop. Yeah, um, which is why she's kind of taken out of commission for the middle of it. Uh, but but that I think that also makes it even more fun when she finally gets everybody to sit down together and it doesn't work. Um, and she, she's a lot of fun in that scene because she's like so proud and we all we all knew like a psychology major in college who was like i'm a psychology major i'm gonna be able to fix you and it's like well, no <laughs> you're 19 <laughs> uh what college did they go to by the way this is another story question i guess <laughs> i don't know where this is meant to be yeah, set is like, it is set it, in is, canada is that, in here, canada? here's is the thing the there's rednecks everywhere there's That's rednecks exactly, everywhere exactly <laughs> exactly you drive you drive two hours outside of any major city and you're going to find rednecks, period. Oh, yeah. I don't care what anyone in California says. You're going to find some rednecks in California. I've met some California rednecks. <laughs> They're wild. Yeah, wait, 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 wait. We don't want to escalate things. We don't want to escalate things? No. They must have thought that you were trying to harm me. Oh, and why would they think that? I don't know. Well, I think you do know. Well, it- when we first saw you guys back back at that store, we just thought that, that you looked a, 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 a little creepy. I was nervous. I don't, I don't know how to talk to girls. And no, Dale, I, I, I know that now, but we didn't then. You thought that I looked like some kind of freak. 
We misjudged you, Dale. I... I'm, I'm really sorry. Don't be sorry. It's my fault. I should have known that if a guy like me talked to a girl like you, somebody would end up dead. The Gene Hackman MVP award, the person who carries the movie, director, actor, or whoever. I think it's Tyler. I think so, too. He's 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 really, the, I think, the toughest thing in this movie. And Alan does it really well, too. But I think, Tyler, the toughest thing in this movie is being able to sell that Tucker and Dale have absolutely no idea that they are scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think Tyler absolutely nails that every step of the way. He's yeah. He's, like, sweet and dumb and lovable mm-hmm. and you fully recognize that he does not believe anyone no matter what he does no matter how threatening he might look he fully believes that no one would think he is scary tyler slash dale is like the heart of the story in the end love it or hate the scene he becomes your like hero of the movie mm-hmm. and and yeah i think he's i say he he plays like like tudic is, is kind of the i won't say sarcastic type character but kind of is like he's the he's the 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 character with the quips when dale is just like the lovable kind of teddy bear always kind of always sees good in people in some way like the first yeah. thing he thinks is like not they're trying to kill him but oh they're they're trying to like end their lives or whatever like he but he kind of sees like I don't know. He, and he seems like they can you know, like convince them, at least early on, they can convince them, oh, it's all misunderstanding. I didn't I didn't have any girly clothes, so. It's okay. I I never really had much fashion sense anyway. Me neither. Yeah. Oh, that, oh that's Drangers. That's my dog, Drangers. He, he looks mean, but he's just a big old marshmallow. You can just pat him around the nose. It's drooling. I know. Anyway. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry about all the mess around here. You know, Tucker just bought this place and, uh, you know, yeah, I'm sure it doesn't look like much to a, a high class girl like you, but, uh, you know, we've always just had sort of a dream to have our own vacation home. But, uh, anyway, you should relax and rest, okay? Hey, what's, what's your name? Uh, it's Tail Ducker. Tell my name. My name is Dale. I'm Allison, but my, 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 my friends call me Allie. Well, it's a real pleasure to meet you, Allie, son. And if you need anything else, you just holler for me. I'll be right in the little room here. So final questions. If the film was made, I'm gonna say the 1980s, who do you cast? Oh man, you're, gonna, you're, you're not gonna let me, I was just gonna go with the Once Upon a Time in Hollywood cast. But... <laughs> okay, okay. given that we're going back i'm a casting director in the 1980s and i don't know what's gonna happen in the future yes i think the the obvious dale choice is randy quaid okay okay i'm not endorsing randy quaid in in 2000 in in 2020 but i'm saying in in 1980 i think you go with randy quaid is he too old though is he too old at that point no no he's probably not He's, he's in his 30s he's in his 30s yeah Okay. Yeah, I think you could handle it. Yeah. Um. Okay. Who's a who's a who's a Tucker? You know, and and I think he I think he would have loved a a movie like this too. Dan Aykroyd, I think would have been a a good a good Tucker. So weirdly, I, I, the first thing I thought was Dan Aykroyd and John Belushi in Tucker and mm-hmm. Dale, just because and 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 Belushi's Dale. Belushi would be a great Dale. I, yeah. yeah. 
like early 80s. He always had a kind of like innocence to him, even when yeah. it was like insanely like unsettling. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like like uh like Pluto. Pluto Pluto is terrifying yeah. as as a human being, but he's also like kind of dumbly innocent yeah and it's weird and i don't say it's against it's against type i think for for acro like, there there is a world where you do like belushi as tucker as the overly confident one and uh dan dan Aykroyd being the the uh kind of insecure one yeah but it's you know well and tucker's a, an interesting character for a for a comedic actor it's tough to to nail down because he is He's he's kind of the straight man, but he's also not. He's the one doing the mugging. Yeah. And but he's also the one who's giving us the realistic reactions to what is happening, which is generally what the straight man is meant to be. The straight man is meant to be kind of us if we're yeah. in that situation, you know, the audience. But in this case, that requires a lot of like mugging and freaking out and and so yeah, it's it's a really it's a tough role, but I do think Aykroyd as someone who has been the straight man and the the comedy guy yeah. in a lot of duos. He's kind of been back and forth. I think he could handle it well. Uh, who's Katrina Bowden's character? Who's Allie? Uh, 1980s Daryl Hannah. Okay. The, the, yeah, let's just let's just use eighties as a as a. Uh... Or if we're going, if we're if we're keeping it Canadian, give me give me a John Candy. Give me a. Oh, John Candy is Dale. Give me a John Candy Dale. Let me see. Yeah, if we're doing like '80s, it's like a broad thing. Because uh, I was like, "Does Daryl Hannah is she big at the same time the Belushi and the Lawrence?" And no, uh, or Belushi, Belushi already passed away before Splash came out. But as a catch-all, well, she she did Blade Runner '82. Uh, as a catch-all, yeah, I was I could see Daryl Hannah playing Katrina Bowden. Uh, honestly, give me if we're going if we're going with iconic pairings, I would love a John Candy Steve Martin. <laughs> Tucker Tail versus Evil. <laughs> Steve Martin, yeah, Steve Martin's definitely Tucker. Uh, I mean, they, they, I mean, Darryl I mean, he's Hannah, been a Dale. The jerk, he's a Dale. Yeah, yeah, yeah <laughs> jerk's Dale. But he's usually more of a more of a Tucker. I mean, Daryl Hannah, that's Roxanne. That's 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 it's a uh, mm-hmm. yeah there yeah you exactly. Go. So wow, we're replacing Alan Tudyk and Tyler Lubin with either Leonardo DiCaprio, Brad, Brad Pitt, Dan Aykroyd, John Belushi, <laughs> Steve Martin. Or John Candy, that's the level of these guys. The level of yep. these guys. Um, does this film fit with any other genres? I mean, like I said, I think it's one of those we've talked about a lot of horror comedies that are more horror than comedy, and we'll be talking about that some more uh, mm-hmm. next week. But I think this one is a comedy that is parodying horror out yeah. now. Like it's, it's never really trying to scare you in any places. I don't think. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it's. But it is taking these tropes and playing with them, so you have to be somewhat familiar with the tropes. But yeah, I think it it falls within the broad comedy genre more than it does within the horror. Yeah, and I'd say but like buddy buddy movie as well as is, mm-hmm. I throw that in there. I mean, weirdly, it doesn't go into this, but it does have like the like early haunted house trope vibes, and they show up like, oh, we bought a house, we've sunk all of the money into the house, and we're gonna redo it, and that's a that's a, that's the beginning of a haunted house movie. It just mm. doesn't, and even has like, oh, there's it's it was it was owned by a serial killer hillbilly, and that never it kind of that part kind of ends there and never like dives delves into a haunted house movie, but it has like the beginnings of one. Um, yeah, 
So how does this film fit into the the horror comedy genre? Oh yeah, I kind of jumped I kind of jumped the line on that one. It's okay. uh, but yeah, it, it's it's taking all the tropes that we know and and playing with them. And yeah. like I said, it, it's a it's a little it's surprising how well it works because it's really just taking one particular trope. Yeah. And 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 playing with that and it but it manages to pull it off for a, for a feature length film. Yeah, I I. I remember watching this and and cabin in the woods very close to each other and and cabin in the woods is trying like i said a little bit more to be a horror movie yeah that just is also subverting tropes the entire time so it's two completely different I, I think they're both great kind of studies in the ways you can there's so many different ways to play with comedy within the world of of horror no i agree and i think also this one just again it, i i do think it exaggerates the visual style and the overall style of a harm or of a or a horror movie with the they have Dutch angles they have these like kind of jump scare moments that end on a joke. Um, they have the kind of foreboding music when they're arriving at the at the cabin or whatever. So they, they have a lot of the like the exaggeration of that stuff. Uh, yeah. Anything else you want to say about Tucker and Dale versus Evil Thomas? That's it. It's a good time. Don't don't judge a redneck by its cover. <laughs> Don't judge a redneck by his hat. That's all I gotta say. Uh, actually, maybe, <laughs> maybe you should judge. Them. <laughs> I can think depends. of one exception in that uh, yeah, case. Yeah, there's, but, there's uh, one we thing. Wanna, yeah, there's... We'll, we'll back anyway, off. Anyway, of <laughs> we'll back off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, uh, <laughs> but yeah, make sure you go watch it if you haven't seen it, or rewatch it if you want to rewatch it. It's a great time to to pop in Tucker and Dale vs Evil during October. Um, yeah, that's all we have for you today on Tucker, Tucker and Dale vs Evil. Make sure you subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, wherever you get your podcast. Make sure you give us a rating and review. Uh, that's very helpful to us. That helps people kind of discover us more. And we like hearing what you guys have to say. If you guys give us a review, we might read it on the show if it's a positive review. That's all I got to say. Um, and also make sure you like us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And also look at our stuff on Medium when you get a chance when we're releasing stuff. And make sure you tune in next week for our Wes Craven episode. Start getting ready Rewatching Scream, Nightmare on Elm Street, all those great Craven, Craven horror movies or horror comedies. Uh, yeah, Thomas, as always, thank you for coming on. Absolutely, I love I love October. I love spooky movies. I love fall. It's it's all great. You love pumpkin spice. I got gotcha. you. You know, I'm not huge on pumpkin spice, but I do love uh, I do love pumpkins. Butternut squash. I'm much, much more of a butternut squash fan. I'm glad we could throw this in at the very end of the show. I yeah. love it. Yeah, there uh, you go. Write, write yeah. us. Let us know. Yeah. What's, your, us favorite, know your, what's your favorite what's your fall fa- thing? What's your favorite fall thing? That's that's your ending question. Tweet us, message us, whatever. What's your favorite fall thing? Uh, but guys, thank you so much for listening. We hope you listen to more episodes soon. Bye. Bye.